Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. How do you do? Uh, this is my point of view, a POV. No, 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 I, I don't mean that kind of POV, such obsequious obscenity and pointless pornography dissolves every social bond that gives life its meaning. My friends, if you are under the age of 55, you may be wondering who I am. It is a matter of the historical record, as there can be little doubt. I am the transparently intractable and impotent, oh, oh, that should read important, here now is... Porn of View for General Exhibition, an independent social commentary prepared and presented by B.A. Santa Maria on behalf of the National Skivvies Council, 69 to 96 Queen Street, Melbourne. Good evening. The Supreme Being has seen fit to exhume me in the perceived interests of that fatuous, envenoming libel on my pious Catholic brother, whose name must not be divulged in the perceived interests of sub judice. Suffice it to say, this medieval morality play refutes the imputed ineptness of celibate senior clergy to act as marriage guardians counsellors, or as sex therapists, or as commentators on homosexuality, upon which they do seem to have a firm handle. Said celibate senior clergy officiated and pontificated at the 23rd World Youth Day in Sydney 2008, and I quote, Dies irae, dies illa solvet saeclum in favilla, quando judex est venturus cuncta stricte discussurus. The spilling of thousands of used rubber-sheathed prophylactics by the devout multiplying adolescents was nothing more than a foul, decadent reflection of the characteristic contemporary disease of radical, feminist, homosexual, lesbian propaganda tongues, while the facts of the matter are that, in the perceived interests of 20 or 30 extremist leftist agitators masquerading as ABC journalists, the country is held to ransom by protagonists of aberrant sexual practices, who promulgate a monopoly over the whole nation's public opinion. No, 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 no. How else to account for modernist nuns who do not wear the aromatic habit and veil to cover their heads? The notorious netherworld of the single mother family? Juvenile transvestital harlots who nefariously entrap noble and virtuous men of the cloth into misdeeds of carnal transgression? The stridently public financing of the underwear expenses of the de facto wives of insurrectionary Marxist university lecturers? Furthermore, subsidies for sodomy, SBS movie presenters, secular and profane instruction in schools, compulsory multiple orgasm research, fundraisers for the legal and psychiatric expenses of those infidels who have the audacity to smear the beautiful names and reputations of such benevolent pastoral care workers for our Lord as a Father Gerald Francis Ridsdale. Beware crypto-Shiite sunny sophistry masquerading as organic halal butchers in Coburg who may pose as friends, but will force you down on all fours in what can only be emphatically described as a promiscuous act of chastisement. 
pray that the movement against climate change be herded by Andrew Bolt, Alan Jones, Ray Hadley, Piers Ackerman and Jared Henderson in equal parts to the North Pole and South Pole, where they may all descend during the thaw into the eternally burning fires of hell and damnation. Exhort your neighbour to solemnity and vigorously denounce all manifestations of fake news on your Twitter and Yahoo feeds, unless it exalts the Holy Father in the Vatican City. And never let it be said that Bob Santamaria was behind the times, even when disinterned twenty years after leaving the mortal embodiment of flesh, and sixty years after leaving the Australian Labour Party. In the words of our Saviour in Heaven, and I quote, Requiem aeternum dona ace domine, et lux perpetua luceat ace. May their eyes remain open to receive an eternal gouging by the sharpest, most penetrating, a piercing, a stabbing, a stinging, a cutting, a caustic knives for the blessed eternity prophesied by the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Goodbye until next century. For a free copy of the text of this broadcast, type B.A. Santa Maria on Facebook, fall to your knees and look to the sky with your mouth open. Point of view has been presented by the Campaign Against Irrationality, Intolerance and Sexual Abuse Committed by the Institution That Knows What It Teaches Best, Hypocrisy. Community Radio 3CR, this is the Spoken Word Program, and the voice you are hearing is that of Santo Cazzati, that's me. Well, what a year 2020 has been, and still a couple of months to go. There are working people who are faced with the choice of working in dangerous situations or staying home and starving. Now, why aren't people angry about that rather than some of the inane piffle I read on Facebook? This is the old story. I don't work in construction, so it doesn't affect me. Then I don't work in school, so it doesn't affect me. Then I don't work in health, so it doesn't affect me. And then, and then, and then, I just got chucked out of my job. And there was nobody left to defend me. Art doesn't change things very much. Not as much as actual class struggle. Oh yes, I am committed to class struggle. Because I am disgusted by the system of capitalism we live under. And prematurely die under. Not that Alan Jones or Andrew Bolt or Peter Credlin or Scott Morrison or Dan Andrews or Gladys Berejiklian are prematurely dying, given their access to the very, very best that medicine has to offer. A scoffing poet friend of mine warned me of the danger that my performance poetry may descend into quote-unquote mere propaganda. Yup, you bet I will write mere propaganda. What else have I got to defend myself? The Wally Market? The glorious nirvana of small and big business satisfying all of our physical and aesthetic needs in the so obviously successful paradise of capitalism? In any case, even if what I write is mere propaganda, it can still have clever poetic structure, sharp and colourful turns of phrase, and effective speech rhythms. All the things we say are great about poetry. I can do all those things, no matter what the subject matter is. So, on with the show. 
uh, I would like to read a poem by a previous guest on this program, Vicky Mealings, from her second book of poetry called Her Poetic Body, that she put out in 2016. The poem I will read has the title, The Only Way. The Only Way's Up. You can't see poverty from the gilded sky deck. Chuck a Molotov cocktail through the glass ceiling and hope it won't fall down on top of you, because it's cold outside tonight. You played musical couches, but the welcome ran out. That was the only credit you'll ever get. So you sit on the train until the last run, or break into vacant property, but you end up in a doorway in an alley, because even the wind won't go there. Pull your hoodie over your face like it's an invisibility cloak, sleep with one eye open, dream the door frames a Victorian bluestone mansion, your zippo's a wood heater, the doormat's a Persian rug, you wish. Home is 55 cents, a tiger's eye stone, and a battered exercise book of disjointed rhyme. We were housemates once, and I'm really scared I'll end up like you. There's no law against an $80 a week rental increase. It happened to a mate. So you take that second job. Switch to powdered milk and lentil soup. Home is what you make it. You try to make do as you once again prepare to haul your furniture, your kids, their toys, your pets, your memories and dreams further afield. Seven days left of a 60-day notice. It's not like you haven't tried. Start to panic, but you put on a brave face because something always comes up. The only way is up. The federal government is planning to introduce a written test on Aussie values for migrants seeking to become citizens. Media reports indicate that the test will involve multiple choice questions. While the government has not yet disclosed the precise questions, the Guardian newspaper listed some examples of what they might be. I will quote some of them now. Uh, since the Guardian report did not provide any alternative answers to the questions, um, Alan Myers of Red Flag Newspaper has added his own. Question 1. Why is it important that all Australian citizens vote to elect the state and federal parliament? A. You'll be fined if you don't vote. That goes for council elections too. B. Choosing the least objectionable person or party from a list of social misfits will train your powers of discrimination. C. The candidates spend great quantities of lobbyists' money to persuade you to vote for them, and we wouldn't want all that money to be wasted. D. Voting for people who won't do what you want is better than you doing what you want. E. All of the above. Question 2. Should people in Australia make an effort to learn English? A. Yes. State and federal parliamentarians in particular seem unable to construct a sentence that makes any real sense. B. What's wrong with Newspeak? Question 3. In Australia, can you encourage violence against a person or group of people if you have been insulted? 
A, yes, but it's much easier to do if you own a major newspaper. B, not unless the insulters are poorer than you. C, yes, but it's much easier to do if you're a racist MP. D, if they are Muslims, an insult isn't necessary. E, all of the above. Question four. In Australia, are people free to choose who they marry or not marry? A, since December 2017, they are legally free to do so. That's why we didn't have a test question like this before then. B, yes, but watch this space. You don't think the losers in that vote have given up, do you? C, yes, but if either of the spouses is political or of a dark skin colour, the police may tell you that the wedding reception violates health regulations. D, all of the above. Question five. Do you agree that men and women should be provided equality of opportunity when pursuing their goals and interests? A. Yes, equality with each other, but not equality with people of a higher social stating. Ambiguities like this reinforce answer A to question 2. Question 6. Should people's freedom of speech and freedom of expression be respected in Australia? A. Yes, it will make us stand out from the rest of the capitalist world. B. Yes, provided they can pay for it. A C. Yes, in New South Wales, when permitted by Gladys Berejiklian-Peterson. A D. Yes, when there are enough police available to ensure that such expression doesn't seriously threaten to change anything. E. All of the above. strange and disconcerting times and 3CR, as always, is focused on grassroots community inclusion, participation and cohesion in order to build a better world. We want to hear from you, whether you're a regular listener, programmer or you've just found us on the AM dial. Send us a voice memo, share a radical vision for the future, an inspiring thought for the day, information on a current campaign or your personal insight of the day. Send your short, less than one minute voice memo to reception at 3cr.org.au that's reception at 3cr.org.au and we'll put it on the radio stay tuned stay safe be kind Oops, sorry, wrong theme. I hope they don't sue me for copyright infringement. You're actually on Community Radio 3CR. This is the spoken word program being presented to you today by Santo Cazzati. And now seems a good time to introduce one of my co-presenters on this program, Brendan Bonsack. Well, I can't actually introduce him in person 
as the social distancing guidelines makes it necessary for me to do this program alone. But I can introduce him in spirit, uh, or more to the point, in spirits, as he may well be soaked in whiskey right now. Uh, or maybe not, I can't talk. You know, I saw this survey on Facebook that asked the question, which Dan has helped you more through lockdown? Dan Andrews or Dan Murphy? Uh, anyhow, uh, Brendan has done an absolutely marvellous job keeping this program afloat in these very trying circumstances. His technological skills have been invaluable and a tech dummy such as myself is most indebted to Brendan. Uh, he's a very modest and understated sort of a person and one thing he would never do is promote his own magnificent poetry on his program. So I would like to do it for him by reading a poem from his book, Two Hands of the Same Thumb. The poem is called Work Safety. They're putting on more staff for the next three days. The work safety inspectors must be coming, scrubbing this place of its Dickensian aesthetic. Grime on the linoleum, soot in the pores of. The latches don't work on most of the doors. The railings don't meet so much anymore. Can you get the ladder back from the boss's weekender in Rye? In the meantime, who has their standing-on-a-swivel-chair licence? Who can fit up in the roof? Who wants a pay rise? Temporarily. Who has the envelope and the brown paper bags? And who is that bloody little poet? Tell them the roster is full. I'll tell you young people, age 4, 12 or 7, of something that happened in 1911. All over England and Scotland and Wales and even in Ireland blew strong as the gales. In places like Colchester, Dublin and Barnsley, Goul and Grimsby, Hull and Llanethly. The whole thing spread even as far as Dundee. It started when 3 times 3 equals bored. It startled when three times four equals snored. It farted when three times five equals what? You'll not spew snot on the three times tables, said the principal, as multiple desks were banged and banged and banged. The principals couldn't quieten them. More desks were banged and banged and banged. The principal had a riot on there. The older kids led younger out. News spread around the schools. The whole thing spread a wild breakout, demanding, change the rules. We're on strike. Who will join us? We're on strike. Who will join us? There's too much work and too much cane. Yay! Hooray! Booray! Now, 1911 was a time when lots of people were on strike. First the sailors, then the dockers, cement workers, timber workers, railway lockers, newsboys on strike, factory girls on strike, and copying their parents, the striking school children held mass meetings with comradely greetings against the cruel beatings. 
they formed a strike committee to present their demands. No homework, no strap, more heating, less beating, free pencils and rubbers, potato lifting holidays. Yes, potato lifting holidays. We want pay for work done. What on earth are potato lifting holidays? Children reading newspapers to parents on their factory breaks read of other children's strikes and found they couldn't put on the brakes, said the newspaper. Socialists have apparently been at work among these young jokers. The fathers laughed, the mothers laughed more, the boys and girls on strike laughed most. Visiting schools, carrying banners, shouting slogans, chalking demands. Children now were in the newspapers, not just for poetry and puzzles. Rolling columns, flying pickets, bowling slaloms, tying thickets. Cans were banged and banged and banged. The principals couldn't quieten them. More cans were banged and banged and banged. The principals had a riot on there. There was swimming. There was singing. General discussion. Choral percussion. School principal came along on bicycle. Ha 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 ha. School inspector came along on bicycle. Ha 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 ha. The police came along on bicycle. He and charged at the students' picket, caught two ringleaders, formed the thin blue line. But students got in nonetheless, tunnelling between cops' legs, and set upon the inspector to rescue their friends from their pegs. We're on strike. Who will join us? We're on strike. Who will join us? There's too much work and too much cane. Yay! Hooray! Booray! And just to show how brutal authorities judgmental, two tiny tots aged six and eight were brought before the magistrate. But they always sang their favourite strike song, what they learnt, School of Rebellion, and they never forgot the policeman's lot charging them on a bike. When they grew up squat, became workers hot, they made a general strike.
few community announcements. There used to be many live poetry gigs that happened in Melbourne. A lot of them had open mics if you wanted to try your hand at sharing your work with others. Or some people just went to listen. Some of these gigs have now moved online into Zoom land and other such nirvanas of technology. Check out the website melbournespokenword.com and hope for the best. 3CR Spoken Word is on every Thursday morning, 9 to 9.30, 855 on the AM dial, and you can get it on the web at www.3cr.org.au, either live or replayed on request. It's also on our website that you'll find our podcasts. That's www.3cr.org.au. So, to go out the same old way, until next time. This is Santo Cazzati, signing off and shutting down. But I think I'll give the last word to Percy Bish Shelley. Rise like lions after slumber, in unvanquishable number. Shake your chains to earth like dew, which in sleep had fallen on you. Ye are many, they are few. Thank you.